The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics, answer your questions, and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks. Hi, everyone. Good to have you back. Welcome to Go to Health. I have a question for you. Do you suffer from or you know someone who suffers from knee pain or hip pain or shoulder pain? Until now, surgery has been the go-to solution to relieve the chronic pain so many people live with. You've heard of knee surgery, hip surgery, shoulder surgery. Those are among the most common operations performed in hospitals today until now. Thankfully, we have a new approach available to us in this day of technological advances in medicine. This approach is called regenerative medicine, where doctors take your own stem cells and inject them into the area of pain so that the joint is literally regenerated. It's really quite amazing. And this procedure costs so much less and reduces recovery time amazingly because no surgery has been performed. So I want to welcome back to our show, Anthony Hartley, MBA. He has healthcare experience in product development, business development, and corporate training. He has worked in many clinical trials, and he and his co-founders have created a platform to educate, connect, and bring new therapies to patients. It's all about stem cell therapy, otherwise called regenerative medicine, and his website is at MedAdvisor. Dot co. That's MedAdvisor with an O, MedAdvisor.co. So welcome back to the show, Anthony. How are you today? Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Doing well. How about you? Good. Great. So the first thing I want to get on the table here is what stem cell therapy is. And the big question is, do we still use fetal cells to get stem cells? Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. So Fortunately, the, the science has really advanced quite a lot. So in the last 15 years, what, what we've seen and what's been happening is that the science has moved away from using embryos or embryonic stem cells. And in fact, what has happened across many clinical trials, a lot of research is showing how physicians, uh, doctors can use a patient's own stem cells to basically generate healing. What uh, that's often referred to as autologous. And another thing that happens is there are also biotechs organizations that they get stem cells from a donor. So this is mm. someone who's alive and well, that's screened. It goes through a process that's compliant with the FDA. And so those particular theories, which we'll call allogenic, there are some of those that are being used now for patients. Again, they're FDA compliant. And so more and more physicians have this available so that they can use it for patients. It's something minimally invasive. So there's a lot of advantages. And in fact, what the science has also shown is that uh, these types of therapies now with that kind of uh, procedure, the way it's sourced from patients, it's mm -hmm. much safer and much more effective. Great. And for those of us who don't know, explain what a stem cell is and where it comes from. Yeah. So, in fact, all of us are born with a lot of stem cells. In fact, we use them throughout our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to, to think about it is it's almost like we 
you know, when we begin life at birth, we have a lot of stem cells and in our bodies, we have these that are used throughout our lifetime for healing. And they're also used, you know, the stem cells at some point early on, they can develop into other types of cells. That's how a stem cell at some point becomes a cell for the heart, a cell for another part of the body. Mm -hmm. And what happens often throughout our lifetime is that these stem cells that we have, in particular, what we call mesenchymal stem cells, they're, they're used for healing. So, uh, when we're really young, we have so many of those and they get used throughout our lifetime. One of the things that you'll notice when a young person, when they have an injury, they can heal really quickly because they have so many stem cells. Uh -huh. um, but then by the time you get to someone who's 100, they have a lot fewer because they've already used them in their lifetime. So, actually, this is something the science has also discovered is, is how much we have and how it can basically be one of the main points of healing, um, self-healing. So, so where are these stem cells in our body? I mean, Actually, they're in a lot of different places. Uh, yeah. We have one of the areas where people get a lot of stem cells of the physicians, I may say, is from the bone marrow, but mm -hmm. it also comes from other parts of the body. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's basically there. I mean, those cells are there to eventually develop into other cells. Uh, again, the mesenchymal stem cell is one that's often used for, for healing. So when a physician is getting a, a, a mesenchymal stem cell for the patient for, for healing, this is one of the things that they're probably going to do is, is get that from the bone marrow or get that from another part of the body. But actually there's, there's multiple sources in the body. So this is amazing that, <laughs> that step that we have stem cells, which you're telling me is used for your own self healing. Your body uses it. Exactly. I mean, it's one of these things that science didn't know. I mean, there, there are scientists that knew this many years ago, but yeah. there's more and more that is, uh, is surfacing. There's more and more information that's coming to light. I right. guess the, the best example that I can think of, and, and I should say, again, I'm not a physician, so I'm not giving medical advice. Uh, one of the reasons I'm talking to you today is because, of course, the physicians are busy with patients. Mm -hmm. What we found, though, with the science is, for instance, if we go back just 10 years ago, there was a group of scientists that all collectively won the Nobel Prize in the discovery of how it is that the stem cells can generate healing. And, and since then, we just continue to see more and more research, more and more examples, particularly right now, the cell therapies, the regenerative medicine that is available and approved are for certain types of blood cancers. Now, that's not to say that there aren't other cell therapies that are available for other conditions. Mm -hmm. um, what, what has happened is that there are some situations where it's advancing in clinical trials. There are other therapies that a physician, he or she can use mm -hmm. at his or own discretion. Mm -hmm. Specifically, it's for what we call homologous use. Uh, and so, there's, there's a lot of things that are evolving. So, right now, I can't say that, okay, yes, this is going to cure all these different conditions. Right. However, what, I, what we can say is, if, if we look at the science, Compared to some other some alternatives, uh, a lot of medications, you see that there are cell therapies that have limited side effects, no side effects, and ultimately what's happening, and this is in the broader, this is beyond us and any of the people we work with, what we're seeing in the science is we're evolving, we're having a, a shift, a big shift from having more and more therapies that are, let's say, more biolo biological versus chemical. Mm -hmm. And the scientists know this and, and the physicians are seeing this more that there are advantages because what happens is when you take a medication, 
eventually it has to go through your body. At some point, it could impact your kidneys and liver. But mm. with these biological therapies, you don't actually have that kind of side effect because mm. it actually doesn't go through the same pathway in your body. And it doesn't have the same kind of uh, implications once it enters your body. So tell us a little bit about the procedure of getting these stem cells. I think that the verb is called harvesting. Is that what you call it? Yeah, some, some people would say that. I mean, one of the most simple examples, and this has been used quite more, it's more and more common these last 10 years, is mm -hmm. what's called PRP, and that means platelet-rich plasma. So this is an example that's minimally invasive. So there's Many, many physicians can use this for their patients. Mm -hmm. So the procedure, the easiest way to describe it is basically the physician draws the blood from the patient mm -hmm. and then it goes through a um, spin in that lab or in the physician's office. Mm -hmm. And then it, eventually this plasma, the cells from the plasma there that's taken from the patient that can then be in, used to inject back into the patient. And so this, after this centrifuge process and because it's coming from the patient, then it's, there's a lot of advantages to doing that. Sure, and so, so this is a really common example that of, let's say, a cell therapy or regenerative medicine, PRP, that's been going on now for 10 years. And, and at one point, if you go back, it, wasn't, it was totally unfamiliar, but like other, other things that can sometimes happen in medicine, at some point, there was a group of people that started to, to receive this from their physicians, and mm -hmm. now it's more and more used. There, there, are some, there are some advantages to that. I can imagine. I mean, all they're, all they're doing is taking your blood, spinning it down, and then re-injecting the plasma. Yeah. Now, it, it's, it's difficult to say that and one of the things that the physicians will tell their patients is that they can't promise that it's a cure. They can't promise a specific outcome because mm -hmm. one of the things we've seen is uh, if you compare, let's say, a similar condition between two different patients, whether it's a PRP, let's say, for one group or cohort, and then you have another cohort that has uh, another type of cell therapy where it's not coming from that patient. It could be allergenic, coming from a donor, mm -hmm. and then being processed um, by a biotech or a pharma in a way that's FDA compliant, sometimes what we see as a difference is that for the same outcome, that patient or that patient cohort, they might have to have multiple sessions of PRP or multiple injections of the PRP. Mm -hmm. But with some of these newer therapies, the, the patient doesn't have to go back for multiple injections of PRP. The one injection is something that can last them quite a while. So this is an advantage in terms of from the patient's point of view, but also you know, it, it can become uncomfortable and, and also a bit risky if the every time for PRP, the physician has to go and extract that from the patient. So yeah. there's advantages to having these cell therapies that given to patients that have come from a donor. There's a whole screening process. We know they're FDA compliant. And you what we've seen is that sometimes this one injection for a given patient might be enough to help them avoid avoid surgery. And there's more and more research to show that in, in many cases, I think you mentioned early on, uh, you know, somebody with, with knee problems and other musculoskeletal problems. Mm -hmm. What we've seen more and more in the research is that there are patients that if they, if they know they have the option, if they're given the option between, uh, if they're told that, okay, this is going to get worse unless you do one of the following, what hopefully more and more patients will receive as options is that they do this before surgery. Mm -hmm. 
And one of, one of the best examples that I, I like to mention is actually of an orthopedic physician. He, he was quite aware of the condition he had. It was a problem he had with the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So basically to summarize, at one point, he was in a situation where his peer said, okay, well, this is what we're seeing. You have this kind of problem and the pain is going to get worse and your function is going to be limited if you don't do surgery. Well, having had the experience himself with a type of cell therapy, he asked his peer, well, please inject me with this particular treatment uh, and let's see if it helps me and if I'm able to you know, delay the surgery. Well, two years after that injection, he was still well. And he was able to avoid the surgery. And he himself, knowing the risks and complications that can come from surgery, he was basically proving to himself, uh, even though he'd already seen in his patients, he was already showing that actually I'm much better off with (laughs) this option. And of course, he knew far better than his patients, right? And now I think he, like other physicians, that once they've had that kind of introduction or they've had enough exposure, usually when they're educated by other physicians, Mm -hmm. then they see that they can offer this to their patients and the patients are going to be happier. Of course, they're going to recover faster. Uh, If you're talking about many patients, they, they would much rather know that they're going to have a good health outcome and it's going to take days instead of months to recover. Right. Wow. Tell me about the recovery period. I mean, I'm just getting this injected into my knee or my shoulder or wherever I need it. How, what it if, if all it is is an injection, what's the recovery time? What am I recovering from? There's been no surgery. Yeah. So, the best way to explain it, because this is these are more estimates, I can't give you absolute. Sure. But what, what, one of the things that happens, what I think what most physicians will suggest or recommend to the patients is that they have to understand that, okay, this is not a cure. There's no guarantee. And and it's possible that there's no result. There's no change Mm -hmm. to the patient. Now, -hmm. from the research, we've seen that when they get a type of cell therapy and when it's injected as a cell therapy to the patient, it doesn't make them worse, but it might not improve them. It Mm -hmm. might not heal them. But more often than not, what has been shown in the research is that from the time of their injection, it could be, they could feel just like we feel with the vaccine, actually, they could feel a bit of soreness somewhere. Mm. Uh, It could be days that they have that. It could be weeks before they start to feel better. Now, in more extreme cases, uh, I can think of one person who that patient, it took a, a couple of months before they started to feel better, but it was a much more extreme type of condition. Uh, and in this particular case, they, they improved, but it took time. So right. basically, they can start to feel better, usually, much sooner than if they had a surgery. So there's and no surgery to recover from. You don't miss work time. You don't have to be in bed. You may feel a little soreness, but that's really about it. And then you just wait and see if it's worked. Yeah, and 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 everything that I'm telling you, it's not it's not my opinion. You know, it's 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 something that we've seen collectively. I mean, there's a lot of data, and so when when we talk to patients and others, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of information available actually, mm-hmm. and so we can we can show that and demonstrate that to patients so that when they speak to their physicians, we don't want them to be you know basically grabbing at straws and 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 basically uh, surprising their physician with with something that might seem strange. On the contrary, this is you know the kind of information that's available and the way that we can guide patients and others is so that they can ask the better questions. You know, we're not giving medical advice. Mm-hmm. What we do know is that. 
the science is really quite clear that this is going to continue to get better for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so patients can now go to a physician and say, okay, you know, well, what if we tried this? Can we try this before surgery? Right. And in fact, there's a lot of research now, and this is in parallel, there's a lot of research now where we can see that people with various orthopedic conditions, a lot of them, they're better off or they get better with physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if their physician suggests that before surgery, uh, often it happens that they do get better with that. So we're, we're not against that. On the contrary, we know that that's, that's another, that's another trend that is also supported by the science that more and more, a lot of these individuals who have musculoskeletal pain or issues or orthopedic conditions, they often are, their, their health improves with physical therapy. So hopefully what happens, it's the patients and others that, that are seeing and becoming more aware so that they see that actually there's other options that can be introduced before surgery right. and it might allow them to avoid surgery. Now, we're not saying it's going to be the case every time. It's not an absolute. But what we do know is that ideally the surgery really is the last resort. I mean, we've heard of examples uh, of professional athletes where they're suggested this after surgery. And unfortunately, it's the wrong, it's the wrong timing. Wrong time. It's the wrong sequence. <laughs> right. And then there's others, again, professional athletes. I can give you a few well-known examples where they're given this before and they get better and, and they avoid surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, these are professional athletes. So, you know, it's not like it's going to be like that for ordinary people always, but it, it, uh, the science is showing that maybe this should be recommended and suggested before surgery more often than not. Great. So we're talking with Anthony Hartley. He's with mededvisor.co and they specialize in referring people for stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. We'll be back with Anthony after these messages to talk more about what you can learn and how can you can learn about it um, at his website called mededvisor.co. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join the revolution with Jim and Trav this week as Kurt Wells from Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV recounts his recent elk hunt where he arrowed a massive 7x9 bull. Then Alan Probst from North American Trapper walks us through trapping rules, regulations, and tips that will make us more proficient fur bearers. Finally, Cat Daddy gets us up to speed and ready for the winter catfishing frenzy. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. 
These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right. Welcome back. We're talking with Anthony Hartley, MBA. He's from medadvisor.co and medadvisor.co is a consultancy for stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. So Anthony, what I want to start out this segment with is talking about what MedAdvisor does. What are your services? How do you help people? Where, when, and where should people engage your services? Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. So what what we did a few years ago, my partners and I decided to do something in this space uh, and and combine basically our skills. And so what we what we started doing first is that we noticed there isn't a website uh, dedicated to regenerative medicine or stem cell therapy in a way that it can help many different stakeholders. Uh, there's there's places where you can go to see information uh, as a physician, as a researcher. But there wasn't something patient-centric, and mm. that's, a, that's some, one of the things that we've seen so often is that when there's an innovation or a technology in healthcare, it might be something that's helping physicians or providers. It might help hospitals. It might help others who are in the service of delivering healthcare, mm. but it wasn't something necessarily that's patient-centric. So from the very beginning, this is basically part of our, our mission is, okay, let's do something that's really patient-centric. So what we've been doing, continuing to build on, on this website is providing as much information as possible that can be helpful for patients, basically individuals that have a concern with their health. And so what we do as a consultancy is we are helping to connect the patients to providers. We're also helping employers see that this is an area of medicine that they might not know about otherwise, and we can help them so that they see that this is something that it can be made available for their employees. Mm. And there's a number of advantages, including not just the 
the quality of the health of their employees, but also the cost to them and their employees. You could say in some respects, we're, we're at the crossroads where we're helping the patients uh, and others in the system of healthcare that want everyone to be healthier. And so this is just one, one way is, is through this area of medicine. When I come to your website as a patient, what do I do there? How do I find out information? Do you refer me to clinics based upon where I live? How does this work? Yeah, so the, the functionality on the website allows them to do a lot of things. So one of the things, if if somebody, let's say they've already spoken to someone like a neighbor and, and they're all already feeling like, yes, I really want to do this, they can already find clinics that mm. we have vetted. Uh, this is an ongoing process. We continue to vet clinics to make sure that they're do, using actual stem cell therapy. Mm -hmm. What's unfortunately happened is there are a lot of people that that have been hurt by bad actors. And it's not obvious to a lot of people if what they're getting is stem cell therapy. They're told that it's stem cell therapy, but it isn't. And Mm. um, hopefully the FDA and others are are able to crack down more on those so that patients can stay safe. One of the first things we started to do early on was to vet the clinics to see that, okay, this is a clinic that really is using the sound science, they are following things, procedures that are FDA compliant, Mm -hmm. and that they're not going to harm patients. Uh, So that's one of the things that a patient and individual can already do on our website is is look, see a clinic that is near them, and they can eventually book an appointment. Another thing that a patient can do is that there's a lot of information there about the, the data from clinical trials, there's a lot of information about how stem cell therapy, regenerative medicine helps with different types of conditions. Uh, we can't say that there's any one in particular that cures. That's not the case. Uh, there are some that have been fully approved by the FDA for, for blood cancers, and there's information about that. Uh, there's also other information on the website so they can understand more about how they can speak with their physician about this. Because for someone who, you know, just as we see with other types of uh, medicines and treatments. Yeah, it's one thing for them to go and see their doctor, but it ends up being better for the patient if he or she can and ask the right questions and, and understand, okay, is this something that's possible for me? Uh, and part of what we do as a service is we help the different physicians and clinics that are in this area to, to screen the patients and see if, okay, is this, is this patient actually uh, a possible candidate for stem cell therapy? Some, sometimes they aren't. Right. And, and so another group that we help also is the employers because employers are wanting to find new ways for their employees to stay healthy uh, without spending a lot of a lot of money. And so this is another area that, that more of them are, are going to consider. And we've seen lots of different types of innovation and initiatives where some of our, our partners and others, they're, they're helping employers with how they are managing healthcare for their their employees. Can I just go to a, a regenerative medicine practice and get therapy or do I need to be referred by my doctor first? Yeah, actually what, what happens with a lot of patients, because so often what happens, not always, but what happens often is a, the patient might go directly to the clinic because they haven't been referred or nobody wants to refer them or they've been told by someone else. Uh, and so they decide, okay, well, just because my physician, you know, let me get a second opinion. Sometimes it's that. Right. And, and often, not always, but often there's an out-of-pocket expense. It's not covered by insurance. Now, there are some situations where uh, what we've seen is that a patient, when they speak to their physician, if the p- physician deems it 
medically necessary, mm -hmm. then it's possible that the insurance carrier, the insurance provider for that patient will cover the, the okay. therapy. Okay. Now, one thing that's exciting, and, and we're seeing this more and more, and we're looking at this carefully, is there are some therapies that are covered by Medicare. So, for those individuals, that's a positive thing. Uh, and as you can imagine, if it's covered by Medicare, then there's probably, you know, there's probably some, some backing, some porting evidence for that. Right. And so, what what's happening more and more is that there are patients that have decided, okay, well, there's an out-of-pocket expense, but there's many reasons for doing this. And they might be told otherwise by some, somebody that, okay, you need surgery or you need this kind of medication. And in some cases, even though there's an out-of-pocket expense for the stem cell therapy, there's also costs for, for other treatments. And so ultimately, this is where uh, hopefully what will happen more and more is that there's a there's a really good dialogue. This takes time, of course, but there's a good dialogue that can happen between the physician and patient to see, okay, what are my options? And, and uh, what often happens, unfortunately, is that it's, uh, it might be, there might be really limited time for that patient and doctor to have that kind of really clear dialogue to see, okay, what are my options and why? And, and th this is where what we're also seeing is that they are, there are groups that have put in place new ways for, for people to get um, medical appointments so that they're with a physician who's not going to have 15 minutes with them, but hopefully a lot more time. Hmm. And so what we're hoping is going to happen is that the patient's uh, they're not going to be rushed to the system. So one of the things that you, you can clearly understand is that for a lot of individuals, telemedicine is a great thing because yes. they don't have to rearrange their schedule or, or miss half a day or a full day of work to get that, that time to ask questions of the physician and better understand what their options are. So hopefully we're going to see more and more that for a lot of individuals, what, what this means is one of the things that telemedicine can do to help everyone is that people will have more time to have this kind of conversation with the physician so that they better understand what what is in their in their best interest uh, sometimes there'll be moments where the patient they they might not understand you know okay well what are the consequences you know what are the costs and mm -hmm. uh, there's not always a time for them to ask that of the physician but now if they have more time with the physician, then the physician can basically help and deliver better medicine. So there's a lot of different, that's something that's, you know, impacting everyone, hopefully in healthcare in a positive way, and not just the area of regenerative medicine. So I want to focus uh, for a little while here on the employers and how, because employers pay for a, a you know, a good portion of healthcare, either they're own, they're self-funded through their own plan, or they have some third-party plan. I would imagine that employers could be very interested in reducing medical costs and also reducing absenteeism from surgery. So tell us about the kind of services that you provide for employers or why employers might want to be talking with you about these options in stem cell therapy. Yeah. So one of the things that, that we're seeing is that there are more and more employers that they are either becoming self-funded or mm -hmm. they're considering options to be self-funded. And in fact, there's, a, there's different types of policies they can have with an insurance carrier where they can have a certain amount of claims that they pay. And then after a certain limit or an excess amount, the insurance carrier will pay. So there are some companies, I'm thinking of one big one in particular, and they have decided to be self-funded um, because they're really good at managing costs. And so what some of these employers are doing is that they're deciding, okay, how is it that we can 
basically have a workforce that's healthy and how can we manage these kind of expenses? So one of the things that we do is we work with these employers. We have a bunch of different people on our team that, that help us do this so that we can work with the employer and show them, look, you have, here's your, let's say for lack of a better word, here's your patient population. We look at it as the population health and they have data, of course, uh, we don't have to look at the individual uh, people's names and things like that. We can be HIPAA compliant and we can see, okay, you have so many people that might have a potential claim in a given year. And of course, you know, you want to have some type of insurance in in the rare and unfortunate case, someone has a terrible cancer, but for some, some types of employers, let's say ones where they can see that, okay, there's a recurring theme or there's a recurring trend, you know, there's, there's musculoskeletal issues that might happen because of repetitive movements and things like that. And particularly with regenerative medicine, what we know is that they, uh, they have a, a great option uh, that they can choose that is going to allow them to recover much sooner. It costs a lot less. That's good for the employee and the employer. And if you have employees, let's say, again, if it's a musculoskeletal type of issue, they could be back at work in, within days instead of months. Mm-hmm. So for the employer, that's a positive thing, especially now as we're dealing with the great resignation and other macroeconomic trends. And so for, for an employer, there's a number of advantages. So I guess, I guess the one example that we like to use a lot uh, as a use case or an mm-hmm. example is there's going to be, you know, over the course of the next five, 10 years, the amount of people that will be given a diagnosis and or a recommendation for a, a, a knee surgery is going to increase dramatically. And a lot of those patients, a lot of those individuals, they, they can avoid that we believe, with regenerative medicine. So Mm -hmm. as an employer, I mean, we can't tell you how it's going to be for every single cell therapy because the the price will vary and the other things will vary in terms of the outcome for the patient, how long he or she uh, can be feeling the benefits of that. But what we see that's likely to happen is you might have someone that's given a recommendation for a knee surgery, like that doctor who had a problem with his shoulder. And rather than going for the knee surgery, they they get a stem cell injection. And like that physician who was well two years later, they might be well for for a year or two and be able to avoid surgery. Now, there's an out-of-pocket expense, yes. Looking at the absolute cost for the employer-employee for a knee surgery, let's say, versus a, a type of regenerative medicine that they can be given, the difference is enormous. So that that in terms of saving money, the employers are going to be able to save a lot of money. But this is this is part of what we do as a consultancy is we guide them to that. And and we work with providers and physicians that know this area really well. Uh, and also the other physicians who are becoming more and more versed in it. So for someone that I know in particular, that person, they they were told that they need a knee surgery. And depending upon where they go for their knee surgery, the costs can be you know, a, a, one large amount, it could be something 50,000 in some other place, it might be 100,000. I mean, mm-hmm. is it in network? Is it not in network? It gets really complicated. But actually, going to a physician that is able and trained to do an injection using stem cell therapy, it's a fraction of that. It's not even going to be anywhere close to that. It's going to be much, much less. So, you multiply that by the number of people that that employer might have in, in a given um, time frame, right. and they can save a lot of money, and we can guide them through that because there's a lot more details. And I don't have it takes it would take a lot of time to explain, but there's a lot more details behind that. But ultimately, employers, so many employers will have employees with musculoskeletal problems and other problems that will be better served if they know that 
there's more options that are scientifically more effective, often the case, but then also a lot less expensive. I mean, a lot less expensive. And, and this, and we can see recent examples as it relates to people that require medications. I mean, this is a whole nother thing that could be, uh, that it takes a lot of time to explain, but uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is that there are some people that what, what we've seen is they get their stem cell therapy. Uh, they've also maybe changed their diet and their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So all these medications that they used to take, they, they might find that they don't need to take them anymore. Now, mm-hmm. that's not always the case, but what we've seen is more often than not, these, these cell therapies, they, they don't just cover the, they don't just cover symptoms. They really go to the source often and, and do some real healing. So uh, we know people that they've been able to avoid or stop taking medications that ultimately will have a negative effect. Uh, there's a cost to it. There's a lot of details we can get into with employers so they can see this is something that they can, they can consider more and more. And as more and more research um, comes to its completion in a clinical trial, as more approvals happen, it's going to be it's going to be really obvious in years time when employers will say, well, of course we're going to do this because there's there's all this research and supporting evidence to say that this is really the best thing. And yeah, I think more of them will want to know. Well, why weren't we told about this earlier? Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to bring up that point before we go to a break. This whole new therapy and this whole new technology. It, it really is crying for a whole new education system for everybody, for the patient, for the employer, even for the provider who may not know about it. We all need to be educated about this new technology. And I can see the use for educational materials that have to be developed so that people can get educated about these new stem cell therapies. We often see this in doctor's offices with pamphlets about cancer or you know whatever treatment you may be going under. So I'm sure these kind of educational materials are under development. And Anthony Hartley from medadvisor.co provides this kind of education for, as we're talking about, for patients, for employers. And in our next segment, we're also going to talk about it for doctors. Uh, before we go to break, just want to remind you that if you want to watch this show uh, in video, we have it on our website at Go to healthmedia.com. You can go there and there you will see Anthony's profile and a link to his website. You can also listen to us on almost all podcast networks as well as Voice America. And we will be back in just a couple of minutes to hear more from Anthony about how you can learn more about getting stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. So stay right where you are. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Join the revolution with Jim and Trav this week as Kurt Wells from Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV recounts his recent elk hunt where he arrowed a massive 7x9 bull. Then Alan Probst from North American Trapper walks us through trapping rules, regulations, and tips that will make us more proficient fur bearers. Finally, Cat Daddy gets us up to speed and ready for the winter catfishing frenzy. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jonathan Marks with Go to Health Media. And we're talking with Anthony Hartley from medadvisor.co. I wanted to continue the discussion from the last segment to talking about education. And that's really talking about, does your doctor know about this alternative in stem cell therapy? So you may be seeing your doctor with pain or some kind of blood cancer, as Anthony was talking about before. Is your doctor aware of this relatively new alternative to surgery or other kinds of treatments, which are more chemically based, as Anthony was saying, but this is more biologically based. So we're using your own biology to help heal your cells. So Anthony, let's talk a little bit about how you can help physicians learn more about stem cell therapy as an alternative for their patients. And even if the doctor is not aware of it, where the patient can get a second opinion or actually let the doctor know about medadvisor.co to find out more about regenerative medicine. Yeah. So one of the things that the physicians can do already is on in our website, we've, we've vetted a lot of clinics in, in the U S because not all the clinics and those who say that they they offer or practice stem cell therapy or regenerative medicine, not all of them really are 
doing something with the sound science and the quality uh, and following a procedure that's FDA compliant. Uh, so that's one thing is that they come to, they can visit the website and get more information there. Another thing is recently we've been in discussion with, with groups where they, they have physicians that are, are treating a number of patients. And so we're helping to connect uh, the physicians we know in this space that, that have been using cell therapies for years, we're helping mm-hmm. to connect them. In some cases, they're the ones that are giving a presentation or ultimately educating them, bec- uh, other physicians, because these physicians that have already been in this space, maybe they have their own clinic. It's, it's usually a physician that he or she's been practicing medicine for a while. At some point, they were introduced to it. They, they're going to more conferences and, conferences and becoming more and more familiar. And so ultimately, what happens beyond medical school is physicians end up learning about new treatments, new therapies, and, and new techniques through, through other physicians. So, so we also help to connect that because we definitely want more physicians to be able to offer this to their patients uh, with this, you know, in the safest way possible and the most effective way possible. Right. So, so we also can help with that. So we have the orthopedic physician who really deals with musculoskeletal problems. And some of them have gone into a specialty of regenerative medicine. As a matter of fact, I actually know one of my doctors who I've saw, seen uh, has gone into regenerative medicine. So this has really become a specialty, a new specialty, which I think your general practitioner should be aware of so that he can refer you to somebody who specializes in regenerative medicine. And this is really such a new field that as you're saying now, this is technology has been around for 15, 20 years so that there are really specialists who specialize in stem cell therapy, correct? Yeah. I mean, what we can say is that for, for a lot of, a lot of these therapies in, in many ways you could say is these are additional tools in the toolbox of the physician. Because, you know, when a physician, let's say an orthopedic physician, when he or she is looking at a patient and making a diagnosis, uh, they already have in their mind some of the treatments that they've used for other patients mm-hmm. that they could recommend to their patients. So this is an additional tool in their toolbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, as you say, it's actually really helpful if more and more physicians that are in other areas, whether we're talking about a family doctor, someone in primary care, uh, it, as as they become more familiar with these kind of tools, that that is better for the patient. Mm-hmm. Because what can happen is that primary care physician, they might, based on their experience and the information they've seen and the data they've seen, they might decide instead of referring uh, that individual patient, given the condition he or she might have, instead of referring to, the, to a particular specialist, which could be a rheumatologist, if we're talking about someone with arthritis, mm-hmm. or someone that has some kind of musculoskeletal issue, might be referred to an orthopedist. In some cases, you know, what, what we often see is that some doctors, they're not practicing at the top of their license. So some doctors, primary care doctors, I mean, they might be quite comfortable doing a number of things that others aren't doing, even though they're primary care physicians. It, it, part of it is the comfort level of the physician. And, and mm-hmm. I, I can only say so much about that because I don't know how, they, how comfortable they are. Right. But we do know that there's some primary care physicians, they might decide that, okay, I'm going to practice at the top of my license. And he or she can give a stem cell injection, hmm. or if they feel like it's something really quite delicate, uh, like if we're talking about something more 
complicated that requires someone who is really familiar with something related to the spine, for example. Uh, in some cases, they, they might see that, okay, I'm going to refer this to this other type of doctor who I know that he or she has additional techniques because they use regenerative medicine for some patients. And ultimately, the judgment and the analysis here and, and that decision about, okay, what kind of treatment is one that should be considered for the patient, that's, that's really for the doctors to decide. Uh, what we're helping is for them to know that, okay, here are some of these additional tools that you can put in your toolbox, and here's some of the reasons that you should consider that. So we're, we're, just, we're helping to connect these people. It's, it's not, um, we're not directly the one that's educating the physicians. It's, it's other physicians that will build that awareness. So we're really, this has really been fascinating. Again, we have this, it's kind of like this waterfall effect where there's this new therapy that's been developed and it, it's really what's about 15, 20 years old now, stem cell therapy. Well, in some ways, I mean, it's funny, actually, I, if I go back, and I'm not going to date myself too much, but I can go back <laughs> and look at where I read in a, a textbook at university talking about stem cells. But what's really happened in the last 20 years is the kind of research that's developed where you see people that let's say they've been in an experimental trial, they've been in a type of experiment, and they've been given a type of cell therapy, and it's had positive effects for them, or it's had a good result without the same side effects they might have gotten from another type of treatment or a medication. Mm -hmm. And and I think, again, to, yeah, it was in 2012, I can think back to the Nobel Prize for Medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2012, it was three scientists who shared the prize in, um, based on their research in regenerative medicine. And I, there's another example uh, of one, um, one research group where 20 years ago they started and they were hoping that they would get to a certain result in five years. And as that scientist says, they go, well, that's what I was hoping was going to happen in five years. Well, it took 20 years. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, science that continues to evolve. So right. uh, I guess one of the, the interesting parallels that we've seen that hopefully is, is kind of an indication of how hopefully this can become more positive for people is, you know, you look back, uh, when was it now? I don't remember the year, but you look back, uh, medicinal marijuana was, was not so common if we go back 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's certainly not legal in every, every state and it's not legal federally. However, there are, there are places, there are people that have benefited from medicinal marijuana. And, and so this is something that, okay, yes, in those states where it's legal, in those states where physicians are, are offering this, then there are people that are benefiting from this. And so it's not something that it's, um, it's, it's not quackery, you know, it's, they're doing right. it because it's based on the science. And yet for some people, it, it was a, it was an opportunity in plain sight, just like other things. And this is, this is something else because this is not like, um, this is not like a, a plant, you know, however, the, the, there's more and more evidence to show the benefits. Uh, there's a lot more clinical trials that continue. Uh, I can tell you, actually, if, if I think about all the, the new trials that were just approved by the FDA to start, mm. whether it's their phase one or their phase two trial, there's so many. Uh, there's even a few. Yes, I mean, as early as this year and last year, there are even some trials uh, where some of these types of therapies we're given approval to start by the FDA mm -hmm. because it's possible that treatment could be proven to be used for, for COVID. Uh, mm. Now, there isn't mm -hmm. anything like that that's been approved, um, but, but it's just to say that there's more and more that continues to progress. And hopefully what we're going to see in the coming years is that this will become 
much more common. At some point, I think one physician, he estimated that, okay, it might take five years, it might take 10 years, but it's, at some point, these type of cell therapies, this type of regenerative medicine, not for every condition, because it certainly can't help every condition, but for a number of conditions that might not have a, 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 a treatment available now right. or might not have a suitable treatment available or an effective one, a lot of these cell therapies within five to 10 years could become the standard of care, which, right. which is something fantastic for, for a lot of patients. And as we know, for some patients, they, they can't wait very long. So one of the things that hopefully they, they will be able to do is enter a clinical trial where they might see that they have a result that's positive for them without side effects. So for the people that can't wait, that, that's, that's hopefully an option for more of them too. That's wonderful. So as I, I thank you for that. I was saying before, and thank you for answering the question, this technology has been around for about 20 years. The Nobel Prize, you said, was won for scientists in 2012. Um, so this has been around. It's, it's accepted. Um, and we're now in the process of educating each other. So doctors need to be educated Patients need to be educated. Employers need to be educated about this new alternative, which in so many ways, when it works, it's not perfect, but when it works can really reduce your downtime. It can solve your, your medical problem. And the recovery period is so you know, minor compared with the, what we now know as uh, you know, surgery and possibly uh, you know, chemical um, treatments uh, that stem cell therapy is such a boy talk about a godsend. I mean, this is something we create in our own bodies and here we're using it as medicine and, and, and your own body uses it as its own medicine. And when your body needs help, the technology is now here to use the medicine from your own body to cure some of what ails you. So this is really quite incredible. So Anthony, what is, what's the strategy for MedAdvisor? What are you, who are you trying to educate the most right now about this? Yeah, so right now our focus is is on employers because after we we think of governments and I mean state governments and the federal government, one of the biggest payors in the system is employers, mm-hmm. and we believe that we're reaching a tipping point. And I'll just briefly mention something that we saw that um, this is a state government that they put in place what they call the Emerging Emerging Therapies Act of 2017. Now, we looked not too long ago to see if there's some update or some new information. What are the findings of this? Uh, And maybe that's not published yet, so we haven't been able to see it. But in this particular example, it was a state government that, with the help of orthopedic doctors, actually, and, and a few other scientists, they said, okay, let's put in place this kind of initiative, this pilot, where we are going to uh, encourage our state employees, when they have a particular diagnosis, to consider stem cell therapy before surgery. And they estimated how much money could be saved and how many people could be helped. And hopefully we'll see those kind of findings come come to light soon. Mm-hmm. And I, I use that as an example because uh, obviously that particular state, in this case, it's Arkansas, they wanted, they wanted that type of... Um, they wanted to find a way to control their healthcare costs because mm-hmm. in this case, you know, it was the state employees. So mm-hmm. it was th- that state of Eric, Arkansas and the employees that'd be paying for any type of care. And so right now our main focus is, okay, let's get more employers to see that this is something they can consider. It might be that this combined with primary care and other types of strategies is the way that they can become more self-insured. They might have 
they should get better outcomes while spending less money. I mean, my, my, uh, just, just looking at a few examples, we know that a lot of people, they, they benefit from having the right kind of preventative medicine. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I didn't say this earlier, but what we've seen also in the data is that sometimes you can have a healthy person and the kind of cell therapy that they might get is preventative. It delays them from getting some kind of condition. At the very least, and, and this is where uh, I, I know I'm not saying something that I shouldn't in terms of uh, FDA compliance, some of these therapies, ultimately what they do uh, is that they reduce inflammation. And by reducing inflammation, it means that it can help someone who might have a propensity or who might already have an autoimmune disease. Uh, so reducing inflammation for some people, um, they might find that this is, this is a good option that they, they might not be aware of. So there's, there's our emphasis right now is, is helping the employers because we see, think that at some point soon, and it might happen already as early as next year, enough employers will see that okay, this is something we're going to try. This is something we're going to do. Uh, and when they see the kind of results that we've seen and, and where other, w- what the research is showing, they might, they might not want to go back to the old way of doing things. Great. Good. So we've been talking with Anthony Hartley. He's from medadvisor.co. That's M-E-D-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.co, medadvisor.co. They're a consultancy in stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. I'm really just amazed at, you know, this is a, this is a, a therapy our body creates and that we can heal ourselves from our own bodies. Um, and we've now got the, the, the therapeutics and, and the technology to use our own body's cells to really heal ourselves. It's really quite amazing. And this is the future for many parts of medicine. Again, no promises. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's definitely a huge development. I want to thank you for being here today, Anthony. It's great to see you again, back for a second time, and I'm glad we're, we're doing this again to educate everybody. Again, this is education for employers, for patients, for healthcare providers at medadvisor.co. Thanks so much for being with us, Anthony. It's been great to see you today. Thanks so much, Jonathan, and Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. So you can, again, watch us here at gotohealthmedia.com. You can also listen to us on many podcast networks as well as voiceamerica.com. This is Jonathan Marks with Go to Health Media. I want to thank you for being here again today and learning about stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. Take care, everybody, and check this out. Uh, It's really exciting new technology, medadvisor.co, or you can also visit our website at gotohealthmedia.com, where you'll see Anthony and his uh, website and links to the website there. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Happy New Year. See you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Go To Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web at gotohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.